Hello, everybody. Almost Happy New Year. It's Jose Zayas, and I'm thrilled to give you our last teaching of the year by video. And for some, if you're new to the community, this may be kind of weird. Like, why are we not at the event center? Well, a, a couple of reasons. One, uh, we want to honor our many, many servants. There are hundreds of you who give your time on teams, usually first and third weekend or second and fourth, to serve our community. Serving in kids, serving with setup, teardown, and all these important roles. And we want to say thank you to you and give you a weekend with your family. And you don't have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. But more importantly, we want to remind ourselves we are the church. A church isn't a place that you go to. The North, Northwest Event Center isn't our church building. You and I, as a family, we're the body of Christ. And so we can be together and worship in lots of ways. I hope that you're with some other people. Maybe you're just in bed in your laptop. That's cool. But the ideal world is you're with some friends or some family, maybe even your 26 West community, and you're going to enjoy this together. Now, side note, why don't we do this every week? Hey, wouldn't this be better? Well, actually, no. This is good on occasion, but for the most part, we need to be in the same room because that's how the gifts, the things that the Holy Spirit does in our life, it happens when we're together. It's hard for me to engage with you in prayer by video. It's hard for me to give you that word in the moment or that encouragement when I can't see you. So I'm glad to do this, but we're only doing it once a year. Okay, well, we're going to continue in our series in 1 Timothy called Learning to Lead, and we're going to look at 1 Timothy 4 today. But first, a uh, quick recap outline. What is the letter all about? Well, the way I outlined it, chapter 1 is about leading with confidence. We need to know the truth. We need to know the Word of God so that we can discern and have confidence when we're in the right and when others may be leading us in the wrong. Uh, chapters 2 and 3 about learning to lead in team. We don't lead alone. We're always in a group of men and women, young and old. And so we looked at some difficult passages about what it means to be men and women serving together and how elders and deacons, how we uh, follow under authority and with authority. And now we want to look at chapter 4 uh, today, which is about learning to lead by example. And then in January, we're going to look at uh, chapters 5 and 6, which is about learning to lead with wisdom. How do we grow in knowing God thoughts in the moment and learning to lead with generosity? Because in the end, leadership isn't about what you get. Leadership is about what you give, Recognizes recognizing God's input in your life so that you can bless and serve and contribute to the needs of others. Uh, and we're going to end our series. I'm so excited. Uh, February the 3rd, mark it on your calendar, which is the first Sunday for us. February 3rd, Luis Palau will be teaching here live at 26 West Church. Uh, as many of you know, Luis not only is a global leader and global evangelist and really in our generation, one of those Apostle Pauls. Uh, I'm going to put him in that category. He's been used by God in continents all over the world, 50 plus years of preaching and teaching and evangelizing, and he's an inspiration. And he's going to end our series. I think we have looked at a letter. Now we're going to get to listen uh, to a live letter. So don't miss out. Invite everyone plus 10 on February the 3rd. All right, we're ready to get into it. Let's look at 1 Timothy 4. If you have your Bible, open it up with me, and we'll just start from verse 1. It says, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith 
and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teaching comes from hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing's to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. Now, um, if you've been out of the series for a bit, Paul is writing a letter because Timothy is sent to put things in order. And there are false teachers in the church who are leading people astray. And so he highlights one area that, um, that they've been guiding them off in. But notice how, what he says about the source. It's not just that they're hypocritical liars, but what they're being guided by is demonic. Man, that's a strong word. But it's actually in line with the teaching of Jesus. Remember, Jesus in John 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes to steal and kill and to destroy. Now, the thief there is an obvious reference to Satan, the enemy of God, the enemy of God's people. And so sometimes we think, well, that's just a little bit off. But we got to remember the root. Paul says the root of it is in things that are not by the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit clearly teaches, and the contrast is that there are those who are being led by those opposed to God, even demonic forces. So, so the thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But remember the good news. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly or, or life in God's way. And, and, and when you're in God's way, you're living the best life. Now here, why did they why did they teach that they had to abstain from marriage and, and certain foods? Without getting into all the details, they believed that the second coming of Jesus or the age to come had already happened. Remember, Jesus said, I'm going and I am going to return. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'm going to come back. Well, they were living with this tension that in a sense, his coming had already happened. So God's people needed to avoid uh, marriage. Remember, Jesus said in the age to come, there'll be no marriage. Now, it's not like you somehow lose your bride of all these years, but the focus of life will not be about finding a lifelong mate. We will worship God and we will be God's people together. So marriage in the age to come will not be the focus. Now they, so they took a bit of truth, but twisted it and said, oh, in light of Jesus, now we should live as if it's already in its fullness don't get married, and avoid these certain foods. The teachers were wrong, and notice what Paul is going to do. He tells Timothy, what do good leaders do in the face of error, in the face of conflict, in the face of things that's pulling people apart? Here's what we do. Let's continue to read it. He actually says it in verse uh, 6. He says, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus nourished on the truth of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Verse 7, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present age and the life to come. 
this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. In other words, Timothy, I'm telling the truth. Like, make sure you emphasize it. Verse 10, that is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the savior of all people and especially of those who believe. What's Paul talking about? Again, he's talking about the contrast between the life of the false teachers and the life of good godly teachers. And it comes down to example, modeling. How do you live your life? And so Paul's saying, lead not just by words, but lead in life, lead in all areas. And, and you see that especially in verses seven to nine. So I want to look more carefully at those verses. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. In other words, the path that the false teachers are taking. Uh, rather, train yourself to be godly. And then physical training is valuable, but godliness lasts not only in this age, but in the age uh, to come. Uh, the false teachers were, were off base, but Timothy doesn't have to. And there's lots of opinions about how to live your life. There were then and there are today. And, and these teachers had their mode, but he says this is a, a great trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. There is a right path to go. And Timothy, if you want others to live a Jesus-centered life, they're going to see it in the way you model your day-to-day -day, uh, living. We looked at these verses earlier in the year in our series called Follow Me. You may remember the whole train yourself to be godly bit. He's like, don't go the old way, the false teachers, but go to the gym. The word literally is gymnazo. Train yourself is gymnazo, uh, which means gym your life. And I think that's a great word to end on as we think of all that we've talked about in 2018 and we're moving into about wisdom, generosity, hearing from Luis Palau, and then our next series uh, starting in February. We want to be disciplined and guided and train our life. And, and you're already seeing it. You're already seeing it in ads on TV or in print or online, and you're going to see it, man, a flurry in January. People throw most of their marketing dollars for gyms are in the month of January. Why? I mean, we, we want to get in shape, right? We want to we want to live the best version of ourselves. And so who doesn't want to lose the Christmas pounds or actually the Thanksgiving pounds or actually the cold, wet Northwest? I'm inside, don't want to go outside. I'm on the couch and chewing on popcorn pounds. Like we all want to lose a bit and we all want to be in the best shape. And that that's a good word. Let's Let's stop there for a second. Why is your physical training important? Why is the way you eat and your amount of sleep, the balance that you have between work and rest, relational help, making health, uh, making time for other people, family and friends, 26 West community? Why is your service to others, not just living for yourself, but making sure in the rhythm of your week, you have time invested for others? Why is that so important? Because we're a body, and if you're not functioning well, uh, those within the church, those who are your family or those your close friends, they're going to suffer. They're going to miss out from what you can contribute because you haven't taken care of yourself. So this is, it's actually a good word. Physical training has, like, real value. And so we, we don't want to go with the buzz of January and follow the trend of joining a gym never to show up. Rather, we want to be those of us who choose to grow up and be leaders in the faith, which is you. We want to grow up to be people, men and women, who are training ourselves, that we're learning to gym our life. Now, I've learned that just physically 
uh, a couple of helpful stories. A, cu a couple of years ago, many of you know, I, I hurt my knee, ended up having to have, uh, I got a meniscal tear in my right knee and had to have meniscus surgery. I'm fine now, but they sent me to the physical therapist and I learned it actually wasn't my knee that was the problem, it was my hips. Yeah, TMI, right? I've got tight hips, like by nature, my hip flexors are really tight. And so what I learned from the physical therapist is that my knees and my hips and my ankles and my feet, all of our system, and going up to the spine and shoulders, but all of that's connected. And so if my hips are tight, my knees were taking the brunt of my steps as I was running. And what happened was, as I increased, I, I ran a marathon, I wasn't happy with the time, so I was training for another marathon, and those increased pressure, the increased like pace, and number of times I was running, it ended up showing up. Uh, now, what does that have to do with your life? It has everything to do with your life. Do you know the way you live your life, the busier it gets, the more intense a season is, or when trouble comes your way, what's there is going to show up. And so just like my, hips were tight, therefore I ended up hurting my knee, your leadership is about all of life. And so your following of Jesus, he's like, command and teach these things. Your, your approach to following Jesus is so vital. Why? There is no such thing as an independent spiritual life, an independent work life, an independent relational life, and fun life, and vacation life. You only have one body, just one. And you only have one life, just one. And so the way you approach following Jesus is not just a Sunday thing or a spiritual thing because it's a really hip Northwest thing to do is to develop my spiritual self. Your self is integrated. Physical training has value. What does Paul say though? Your spiritual development, your Jesus development, your following as an apprentice to him has value for all of life now and the life to come, I don't have time to get into it today, but chapters five and six are about wisdom and generosity. What Jesus informs is everything. So gym your life, Timothy. Well, you know, what do I do? I had that knee pain. Another story that's really helpful is in learning to rerun again. Uh, we've gymmed our life as a family. You know, Jonah, uh, my son, he's been on cross country in the fall and track in the spring and pole vault. And so in years of just high school athletics, he's learned all of these exercises to help strengthen and bring mobility and flexibility. And so we're gymming our life as a family. This is like super practical. Our garage is a gym. You know, we just move the cars out and uh, three days a week, on a good week four, uh, we do about an, an hour of stretches and strength training and Jonah's leading the way. And so gymming your life isn't necessarily about you just like manning or womaning up and like just working harder. No, it's about being connected. He's speaking to a leader in the church about the church, right? So in our family, Jonah's my coach and he's pushing us and we're doing more core ab workout than I ever wanted to do. And he's very gentle and kind. I'm like, no dad, you can do another, no dad, you could do another set, but he's firm. And so growth, in uh, physical training isn't gonna happen in a vacuum. It's usually gonna be others pushing you along, whether they're physically there or using some sort of media to help drive your training. We need others in our life. And so the same thing happens in our growth as Jesus followers. Like, okay, so if physical training requires others, 
and tools and skills. And I'm telling you, my hips are, are better for it. How does that work out into our growth as disciples to Jesus? The good thing is, like Paul tells Timothy, exactly what to do. Let's uh, keep reading. We'll start in verse 11. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example. There's that phrase again. For the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Verse 15, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I mean, if you think about what are the things that we can do to gym our life, I think he gives us some really practical. Now, disclaimer, uh, Timothy is a leader that's been sent by Paul to help fix a problem in the church. He's already on their leadership team. Some of these things, we say like, well, I don't, I don't preach and teach. This isn't for me. Hold on. He's talking about how to gym, how to grow his life. Let's just look at a few. He says, set an example uh, in life and speech and conduct and faith and in purity. In other words, this is about more than going to church. You want to grow your spiritual life? I even hate to use that term because all of life is, is influenced by the Holy Spirit. But the dimension that's following Jesus, you want to improve yourself? Set an example. Live it out. It's not about church attendance or uh, ticking off boxes of things that you've done, let Jesus' teaching, let his way, let the Holy Spirit's presence infuse all of your life. Your thinking, your feeling, your relationships, your job, your career choices, your education, what you do in your spare time, which by the way, no time is your time. It's all God's. If you really follow Jesus, your life has been hidden in Christ. And you're alive, yet it's not myself, but it's Christ who lives in me, Galatians 2.20. So every bit of you ought to be influenced by Jesus. Now, this is not a guilt trip. This is about growth. And so I was running and able to run a marathon, but I didn't realize my hips were causing me from getting the speed I wanted and endurance I wanted. So even though I was in it, I had room for growth. And can I just say to you, say to myself, there is room for us to grow. Set an example, live out your faith. And how do I do that? Notice what he says, next verse. Devote yourself. Um, Paul has a particular calling and a particular thing that God had graced him to do. And he was to devote himself. Timothy, you're committed, but be committed. And I think that's another great word for us. We live in an age that throws everything away. You want a drink? Have a straw. Throw it out. Uh, you want a cup? Oh, you don't even need to keep one. Throw it out. Packaging of food? Throw it out. Relationships? They're not really helpful anymore? Throw them out. Everything's become disposable. We, we can't even hold on to a $1,000 phone for more than a year. Guilty myself. More, more, more than a year, and they're like, we need the new one. What if we were the people of God who were devoted? We lived devoted to the 26 West community that God has put us in relationship with. Devoted to the team of servants that I'm, I'm going to serve with 
on first and third weekend or four, second and fourth, or maybe it's something that you're doing regularly. What if, what if I lived committed? So just like Timothy is committed, called to be committed to his cause, you and I have been gifted. So we're not to live half-hearted. What else does he say? Do not neglect your gift. And this is so beautiful. Do not neglect your gift, which came through prophecy. And then he talks about how the elders laid hands on him. How do I discover God's wiring my life? You know, it's not just by reading books or taking some personality profile. I think we discover the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do through our life when we're together. When they're together, a prophetic word came that spoke into Timothy's soul. We don't know the details. We don't have to. We have scripture that reminds us there were things that Timothy didn't know about his leadership that God spoke through someone else. And can I say to you, there are things that God is calling you to do and to be and to invest in that you're only going to discover when you're connected with other believers and God's tool is going to be that other person in your life or people or podcast or book. God uses all sorts of things, but we need each other. So don't neglect, neglect the gift. And that's a word for all of us. If God's given you opportunity, and it may not even be the most exciting thing. We think of gifts, and I think like Christmas and presents. It's not those kinds of gifts. These are enablements by the presence of the Holy Spirit. So it may be hard. It may be sacrificial. God's gifting your life may cause you to have to say no to other things. It may not be your favorite thing to do. Now, it may be. But devoid of all of those what ifs, are you committed to the things God's graced you in your life right now. We want the next, we want the forward, we, you know, we want the new. And the word to us, if we're going to grow as leaders, by example, is be committed where you are right now. And then he says, watch your life and your teaching. Doctrine is simply teaching. It's specifically teaching about what is true from Scripture. And so uh, a word to all of us, our are you learning? Are you growing? Are you wanting to know more, not just to be smarter or to have some you know, questions you're able to answer, but so that it will infuse into the way that you live? So life and teaching are parallel. We need both of them. And so if my life is struggling, I ought to look at what I'm looking at. And if, if I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if this is good and helpful and wholesome, I just need to look at how's it affecting my life. And so your screen time belongs to Jesus. Your, what you're allowing in your soul, your ears belong to Jesus. And what you're allowing to go in your ears and listening to, what you think about, you will become. That's all over the Bible. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, learning to lead in wisdom is chapter five. But why is this all important? Why is watching my life, my teaching, and gymming my life important? Don't forget verse 14. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So, so our growth and development is never about just us and our you know, personal achievement. It's about those who are watching. And for those of you who are parents, let me give you a loving reminder of what you already know to be true. Those under you, whether nieces and nephews or your own children, they're not looking to what you say as much as what you do. So what you do informs what you're saying. And when there's a contradiction, and let's be blunt, 
We all have moments of hypocrisy and contradiction. All of us do. But what he says to Timothy is, gym your life. Minimize the amount of contradictions. Grow in the grace of Jesus. Let, let scripture, let the community shape who you are so that those who are hearing will want to follow the path of Jesus. God wants to grow us to be like his son. What's God's will for your life? You know, we're going into the coming year and everyone wants to know what's in the future and what's God's will for your life. God's will for your life is that you look more like Jesus. That you talk more like Jesus, that you act more like Jesus, that you give more like Jesus, that you lead more like Jesus, that you serve more like Jesus, that your life is more like Jesus. That is God's good and perfect and pleasing will for all of our lives. So persevere in them. Gyms are great for a day. And then you go home, you feel sore, and you're tempted not to go back. And so he commands him. Command to teach these things and persevere. Don't give up. Look, you have grown this year in Jesus. It's a fact. You've grown in some dimension. Now, you may have slipped in others, but let's commit ourselves to be devoted to Jesus and to one another and persevere because going to the gym three, four, whatever days a week is hard, it takes time and effort. It's uncomfortable, it's sacrificial, but the benefits is strength and health and blessing. And so same thing in the way of Jesus, which is why I'm so giddy about first Sunday in February, February the 3rd, when you're there and you invite your friends there, hint, hint, and we hear from Luis Palau. He's not perfect. Oh my gosh, I've traveled the world with him. He is not perfect, but he's like a Paul in our generation. And he's capping off this long series on growing as leaders, and he's going to speak into our life. Just like we've looked at the letter, we're going to get a chance to hear from a modern-day Paul who has been there and done that and done well and failed in areas. And so we want to grow from hearing from one another, and we want to learn to lead well. At the end of our day, remember, those of you who don't know, Luis has been given stage uh, a prognosis of stage 4 lung cancer, and his time is limited, and he knows it, and he's going to be with Jesus. But Lord willing, if his health is still here and he's able to speak, he's going to pour into our lives what he's learned in his decades of wisdom of following Jesus. And I pray it's an inspiration for all of us. Well, where do we begin? Where does anything begin? You know, small acts of obedience lead to a lifestyle of obedience. Let me repeat that. Small acts of obedience lead to a lifestyle and a lifetime of obedience. So don't despise the little things, you know? 20 minute walk a couple times a week could be the small step towards physical health and growth for you. It may not be a big run, it may not be a gym membership. It could be choosing to walk the stairs instead of taking the elevator. Well, that leads to a lifestyle. And the same thing with following the way of Jesus, your small acts of obedience now matter. So we want to step into it. Now, what are we going to do? Well, we suppose coming in February. Yeah, great. After that, though, the middle of February, we're going to go on our first as a community 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days. As I've been thinking and praying for a long time, I, I've been sensing, and now the time is right for us as a community to dig in with more intentionality. Why? Why 21 days? You know, it takes at least some say much more, but at least 21 days to form new habits. So we want to take three weeks towards the you know middle of February, towards the end, and sliding into March a little bit, and we want to 
dedicate three weeks to praying with more intentionality. Now, there's going to be a guide, and don't worry about the details, and don't stress about, are you asking me to pray and fast for 21 days? I can't do 21 minutes. I am not saying you have to fast for 21 days. I'm not saying you have to fast at all, but I am saying you're invited. We as a community are going to focus for three weeks to listen to God. Why? Because he's the best. So not necessarily like we need specific direction and we need to know by X date. We want to take three weeks just because he's God and he loves us and he calls, he calls us his children and we can call him Father. We want to set the tone for the year. Well, so why aren't you, wait, why aren't you doing it in January? Well, some logistical things. We want to put together a guide for you. And if you're part of our 26 West communities, a guide that you can go through. But mostly because 20, uh, January is a month of fads. You know, everyone starts something and joins something and then fades by February. So once you're done with your New Year's resolutions, when we're into the year for real, February is going to be a season of prayer and fasting. And I pray it sets a new tone and helps you to be devoted and helps you to persevere and helps you to live a life that's setting an example. Well, that's the future. We got some great things coming, but what about today? Now, if you're listening by yourself or watching by yourself, uh, what can you do? You can ask the Holy Spirit now. As we're getting to the end of this teaching time, ask the Holy Spirit, where do I need grace to gym my life in the coming year? Holy Spirit, where do I need your grace? God's grace is not just getting what we don't deserve, but it's his enabling presence and power. Holy Spirit, what are the areas that like my hip flexors were too tight, affecting everything? What are the areas? Is it thought? Is it something I'm doing? Is it something I'm not doing? Is it a relationship? You don't need me to tell you how to apply the word of God. You have the Holy Spirit. So if you're a part of our a group, and maybe you're there with family and friends, why don't you just take time now, read verses 11 through 16, which is the practical bit, and be honest with one another. Which, is it being devoted? Is it setting an example? Is it persevering? What, what is it that you need grace by God to gym your life in the coming year? And when we admit areas of weakness, that is not a defeat. It's actually a victory. The enemy wants to keep you saying everything's okay or don't let anyone know what's going on. But the Spirit of God wants to bring these things into the light so we can help each other grow as followers of Jesus. Before you do this and pray together, I encourage you if you're with a group, pray for one another, pray God's blessing and, uh, and challenge each other. Let me just pray for you and let's just pray as a church for uh, not just the end of a year, but God's presence in the coming months. Lord, here we are, and we just confess before you, uh, you know our thoughts, you know everything that's happened this year, and some of it was pleasing and a lot of it was not. But we come to you, Lord, we remember that you've called us your children, your sons, your daughters, that we belong to you. Lord, we remember that you've brought us into a new family, that we're able to worship you in spirit and in truth and grow, and Lord, we want to in the coming year, and we're asking for your enabling power, Lord. There are areas we haven't even thought about that you want to deal with. And God, in your, in your love and in your care, bring those to mind. As hard as it may be, bring those to mind so that we can give them back to you and through your power become the people that you want us to be. Lord, we think about the hearers, those that we're going to touch, 
in these coming weeks and months and years. We want them to fall in love with you. We want everyone to experience life in you, Jesus. And so, God, not just for our own sake, for the sake of those that we're going to impact, change us and transform us. Lord, we don't want to resist you, but rather we want to draw near and be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, even as we we're praying, I was thinking about the Bible verse, kind of misquoting it a bit, but James 4, 8, I believe, come near to God and he will come near to you. Some of the older versions, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so that one step of obedience, that one step of seeking will be multiplied because when God's presence is there, it will give you the power to continue on. I love you and I'm grateful for you. Uh, we're not meeting live this week. So especially those who call those of you who call 26 West Church your home, please be generous. When we don't gather, we're not able to collect resources in our traditional way, yet the needs of the church continue. Church planting is happening right now. Uh, we're helping those uh, in uh, Myanmar and in Thailand and various parts of the world to be you know, rescued from uh, sex trade. That happens right now. The needs of our body happen right now. So please give generously. If you're new to the community, you can do it through app or online and push pay, or you can mail something in even this week. If it's post-stamped by December 31st, it counts towards 2018 giving. Or maybe you have some resources, some assets. You can communicate with our team and we're able to receive land and stock and other fixed assets to go towards kingdom work. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a, a key part of the 26 West Church family and show up first Sunday, January 6th, and we'll worship and serve together. I love you.